Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome into another episode of Five Out. When you say Five Out, what do you mean by that? We have a lot to get to. Ty is back. Matt is not because Matt is over dealing with high school tryouts and everything he's, like he's that. He's watching James Harden videos right now. That's exactly what we're going to talk. We're talking about James Harden. We're talking about Luka Doncic. Uh, the Celtics where we'll start like we always do. Marcus Smart does. He need time off. Checking in a little bit on the Grizzly pick. Talk, wrote about it on uh, EEI.com. Oh, what else? We got plenty of other things to get to. KG and Ennis Cantor kind of vouching for the, the Knicks. People going after old school basketball players, all that stuff. I just... It's a whole mess, tie. We're going to bounce around a lot for you guys, so there's nowhere good to stop. I think it's just going to be, what is it, we're going to go for an hour and a half, something like that. Just buckle in and enjoy the basketball talk. If you haven't already, leave a rating and review on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, wherever else you can listen to us, radio.com, wei.com. Send us a screenshot of it to redeem your 5-Out t-shirt. You can do that at 5OutPod on Twitter or Instagram. And let's get it going. I'm just trying to be alright with it, yeah. I'm just trying to be alright with it, yeah. I'm just trying to see the light in it. I think we should take a ride with it. I'm just trying to spend the night with it, yeah. I just want to be alright with it, yeah. I know that we've kind of been anti-load management, at least I have. Matt's not a big fan of it, too. I don't know where the hell you stand. I don't know where the hell you stand on anything anymore. <laughs> I've been gone for a while. Yeah, well, that and, you know, the hardened stuff, you, like, you know, you made fun of Maury with us in the beginning. Now you don't make fun of Maury anymore. <laughs> you sent me that text about James Harden being an efficient post defender. He's, he's statistically the best post defender of the last three years. Uh, we'll it's proven by stats. <sighs> Daryl Maury did not feed me that info. I found it myself. <sighs> well, okay. I, that's good for you, Ty. Well, well, I told Glenn that, and he thought it was ridiculous. I do want to <laughs> touch on that later because I, I forgot about that as we were getting ready. But we got to give the Celtics fans their fix first. Um, you know, Smart's doubtful for the game against the Heat. Depending on when you listen to this, he may be out, he may be playing. But going into it, you know, he's got the ab thing. He was sick too. That's what Brad told us at practice. Right. Even before that, I didn't hate the idea of him possibly sitting out a game or two with the way things are going. He's shooting. I saw Brian Robb from Boston Sports Journal tweeted out. He's what? Shooting twenty percent, you know, in that range from three over the last however many games, he's not looked good offensively. He's he's definitely banged up. I think that's a result of that. Yeah, there's a long term plan and reward. You have to make a playoff run and a late season push, and you sit him out a game or two. It means it means nothing right now. So exactly, I guess to answer your your overall question in general, load management, I don't care about it because there are long term goals teams have. Mm-hmm. And I mean, as a consumer, I don't want to go to the Garden and miss a game where my favorite player is not playing. Right. That's obvious. That's human nature. You're be disappointed that night, but there's long-term stuff. You have to keep your eye on the prize. Right. And it's, it's fine. I mean, I, there's no—I think I've said it before. There's nothing you could do to stop load management. And with Market Smart's case, if it's a, a injury that could be exacerbated by playing, then why do it? Right. And Well, the, I think there is a way to somewhat combat load management, but I don't think it's going to happen. It's cutting down the amount of games. That that yeah, I think would you, fix it a little bit. You could do that. 
Yeah, I mean, because look at the NFL. You don't. I mean, those guys are going through it like crazy every single week. But you're not gonna. You sit out a game because you're hurt. You don't sit right. out a game because you know. I feel a little bit off, and I could use a you know you could use a day off. It doesn't work like that. So I mean, but with smart, the other thing is too versus Kawhi. I know who, who was it that said it was it Kevin O'Connor that said it about Kawhi. who's had like chronic quad issues or something like that. Yeah, chronic yeah. quad issues. I've never yes. heard that in my life. I only hear that with joints. Um, but with like with smart, especially now, what you're asking him to do. I mean, he's playing. He's your best defender. He's he's a scorer, and even more so with Hayward out. And on top of that, he's playing like a big. Essentially, he's just he calls himself a stretch six. He's got to take nights off. I mean, I think by the end of the year, if he's not sitting out twelve games, then Brad's not doing his job right. Like that's one of the most important things that he has to do throughout the course of the season. I'm with you, and he's kind of like this team's. I don't want to call him like a Draymond Green, but he plays a lot of the same stuff that Draymond did for the Warriors. He played. I mean, he was an undersized, probably playing what the four for the Warriors usually. Yeah. And he was ball handling, guarding guys way bigger than him mm-hmm. in the post, like you're saying. So he's kind of playing that role for him. And, I mean, if you, if you can have him uh, at the playoffs fully healthy, then screw the regular season. I yeah. Mean, it, there's no debate to be had here at all. What I like about Smart, though, versus Kawhi is where I get it, he's got the he's got the eye on the prize. He doesn't care about the MVP so much. Right. Smart even more so is like, I want to play every single position of every single game. I never want to sit out. And I respect that, but that's where Brad's got to, you know, Got to say, I know you're not going to tell me you're tired. I know you're not going to tell me you're hurt. Obviously, the oblique thing is an exception because it continues to be an issue for him. But either way, he's he's got to he, he needs some rest. It's getting it's he's his play is suffering, and at some point you got to step in and say something to him. Um, but right now, overall, they got the Heat coming up. Now, have you gotten to watch them at all? I know you've been watching a lot of Bulls lately. I have been watching a lot of Bulls, but I was actually high on the Heat. I remember we had a debate. I said the Heat roster was better than the Mavs, and I think you guys were like. Oh. That's that, it's incredible. They're pretty much like neck and neck, like thirteen and five, thirteen and six in both their conferences. Right yes, now. So, and, but then I would also argue that the Mavs, from their standpoint, they're in the West. They are, so it makes it a little bit more impressive. But yes. the other thing is too, I don't know if you checked this. The Heat are now three and five against teams five hundred or better. Right. The last team that they beat that was five hundred or better was the Nets the other day, and the Nets don't have uh, Kyrie. And I, I know though, there's the whole narrative now of yeah. the Nets are better off with Kyrie. You're not buying into that, right? There are people actually saying that. Oh that, yeah, the Nets are better saw, off without Kyrie Irving. I think it was the you can hate Kyrie Irving, but that's just a dumb take. That's ridiculous. I, we we all hate Kyrie. I, I don't know if you personally hate him, no, but I, I, say, I, don't. I don't like Kyrie Irving, the basketball player, and his comments in the past couple weeks. I don't like him either. But I'm not going to say it. any team is better. The Celtics team is worse off without Kyrie. You think the Celtics are worse off? That without was Kyrie? the that was the original thought. Oh, oh, last year you mean? Yes. Okay. Yes. I thought you meant this year. Yes. They, they, he made that team worse. He brought a a talented group on paper, probably the most talented in the East, besides maybe the Bucks. And that team vastly underachieved. Right. So there, he's a great talent, but the Nets are clearly are better with him. I yeah. Mean, it, I'm confused. What are you saying? So about the Celtics last year, they were worse because of Kyrie. You're saying? Because I blame it on that, Rozier, and I would probably say maybe Morris a little bit more. I I mean, I think Kyrie was the the obvious problem with the team last year. No, he, he was a huge problem with the team last year. But I mean, in terms of the talent that he brought to the table. I still wouldn't say that he they brought, were... He brought great talent. He brings every team great talent, but he has baggage. Not really... I don't know if baggage is the right word. Baggage but, is, was but definitely he's part such a, of it. He, You heard the comments. His mood dictated whether they were going to be good or not. Yeah. He, yes, Marcus Moore said that. Absolutely. But yeah. you, so you think that if Kyrie wasn't I, there at the end of the year, I think Kyrie, they'd do better against the Bucks. He was so bad against the Bucks. He was. I understand and that. It was almost like he didn't even want to play. Right. Yeah. But do you think... So you think they end up doing better? You think that they end up if if he doesn't play in that series, uh, 
it's so hard to forget how that's bad what I'm he saying. was. That's right. exactly what I'm saying. To say definitively that they were better off without him, I don't buy into that. No. But, but coming into this year, people were saying, oh, you, you take out uh, Kyrie and you swap him with Kemba. Everything's going to mesh. Everything's great again. I felt like it yeah. was not – I felt like Kyrie's still the better player, but it's kind of a wash. Is, I think he is the uh, no, undoubtedly the better player. More he, talented. He, he is more talented than Kemba Walker. I he love is. Kemba. I love watching him play. Puts his body on the line. Great shooter. Fits this team perfectly. Mm-hmm. But That's the thing. He fits his team perfectly. Yes, and, but exactly. in, and even then, I, there are issues with the Nets now. I've said it to you guys We're not before. playing this game on paper or on 2K. This is played in a gym with chemistry and real humans. And, exactly. and Kyrie does not mesh well with some human beings and certainly didn't last year with the Celtics. And, so it, that, I guess that's my point. Is He is an immensely talented player, but in certain situations that don't fit him well, he's going to bring a team down. Part of the problem with him is he's so he's very good at iso ball. Yeah. But at the same time, he, does, he, get, he goes too long. Like, close to James Harden. Harden territory, I would say. And then the rest of the offense doesn't have a flow to it. Whereas right, right now, you look at the Nets, Dinwiddie's kind of taking charge and everything. He's doing a good job. He's been, he was Player of the Week, Player of the Week nominee, Player of the Month nominee. I mean, he's, he's done awesome for them. I love watching him play. Former Chicago Bull, by the way. We got rid of him for nothing. He was on, he was Windy City, right? First? Yes, and then came up, played well, and we just didn't tender him, I don't think. We either didn't tender him a contract or we traded him. I don't think he logged a game for the Bulls tie. I really don't. Yeah, you looked that I'll up. I'll look I'm, it up. I'm, I'm pretty sure he played like— I know he played for the Pistons. I don't know. you you got to pull it up. But either way, when it comes to—, um, when it comes to well, you, you got it? Uh, one of the basketball reference. Okay, yeah. So— when it comes, no, never actually played a game, but was with the Windy City Bulls. Yeah, okay. When you and then Bulls. they trade. You know what it was? Was they ended up trading him uh, to? He goes to the Nets, and then he destroys the Bulls mm-hmm. like like two or three weeks after he changed uh, organizations. And I'm like, this guy was in the G League. We we saw no talent yeah. in him. Got rid of him, and he comes back with like 25 against the Bulls. I the liked Dinwiddie a lot. I I'm, I enjoy watching. He's got a lot of attitude to his game, like in in a good way too. I not not whiny and stuff like that. And the other thing is too, I've noticed lately. I saw someone said it about Conley. I don't know if it was his Jazz teammates or it was the Grizzlies, like back in the day. But they said that Conley doesn't get the calls that he should get, like other superstars do, because he he's too nice. And refs, for some reason, reward guys who complain. Isn't that basically to say we don't respect his game enough? I, I, I don't know. Kawhi isn't like the nicest guy in the league. That's true. Yeah. He's going to get him. Giannis hasn't said a bad word about anybody in his life. I mean, But Giannis definitely shows a little more frustration at times. That's, that's true. Kawhi, not so much, though. Yeah. That's, so it's to your point. But Kawhi's also on another level than Mike Conley, where he probably needs to complain a little. I don't know. I just Now I'm starting to look at guys complaining a little bit differently. I don't like that idea that no. they have to complain to refs, but I understand it. Anyways, back to the Nets thing. Um, the whole thing with Kyrie, the Nets not needing him, is uh, people just, like again, wanting to criticize Kyrie for the sake of criticizing him. I understand. It's going to the extreme. He's annoying. Yeah. I mean, the, the whole Instagram thing on Thanksgiving Eve was ridiculous. He's very emotional, and actually, you guys talked about it on OMF today, right? All this because Marcus Smart is annoyed with the fact that he's getting at he and the Celtics are still getting asked about Kyrie Irving. He said it's a slap in the face, right? All this stuff. You want to hear it? Oh, you have him. Yes, Here's go. Marcus Smart. I mean, there is no. I mean, I didn't hug Kyrie to to get on TV. You know, there's two guys, you know, that that are, are trying to make a living for their family, being professional athletes. It's my brother. You know, regardless of what he did, you know, um, he works hard. And quite frankly, I'm I'm really honestly tired of hearing about Kyrie. Um, Kyrie's no longer with the Boston Celtics. And it's a slap across everybody on this team that's here now to keep hearing Kyrie's name because every last one of these guys have put in the work and we continue to put in the work and we're here, we're still competing. But yeah, everybody, including the Boston fans, want to talk about Kyrie. Let's talk about Boston Celtics. So 
I wrote about that a little bit in the whole embrace that he had with um, with uh, with Kyrie on was that was on Black Friday. It was Jason Tatum and him. That was a little bit much for me. Him and Tatum. But then you guys talked about it on. But they're like legit boys. Like they hang out in the off season. Mm -hmm. Like they have a lot of mutual friends. Hang out in California together. When it came down to, and he was Tatum was fine when he was talking about all these guys get asked about it. But when it came to Smart's comments, Glenn had something to say. Lou had something to say about. You guys talked about that. And I before I say my thoughts on Smart. I want to hear what you know they had to say. Okay. Uh, I love Marcus Smart, but he stop makes no it. sense. Stop it. Stop it's it. So, Marcus, stop it. Okay, they love your little team, your cute little team, right now. They adore your cute little team. He loves that. Right? And the reason he they does. do is because it Kyrie does. Irving is no part of your cute little team. But it's not like what are you talking about? People keep talking about Kyrie. It's it's not that people want him back here. We're ripping Kyrie. We're glad he left. You know, it's like it'd be different if fans are like, "Oh, I wish Kyrie was still here." Oh, I wish Kyrie was still here. Then I could see a player saying, "Hey, he ain't walking through that door." You better appreciate us. Everybody appreciates them. Nobody wants Kyrie. What is Marcus Smart talking about? Stop <laughs> so when you're so, lecturing us, he's lecturing. Jeez, he's lecturing. On the one hand, I think that everybody does appreciate them. Gilroy, I mean, he is beyond, he's over the moon about the fact that he can enjoy watching the Celtics again. This is the Celtics that he's used to. This is Isaiah Thomas, the Celtics. Oh, you know, same kind of thing, but more talented, right? So we keep hearing. Here's the thing, though, and I'm surprised that Lou doesn't get this. Glenn, I can understand because it's Glenn. When, he, when Smart is complaining about everybody talking about Kyrie all the time, it, to me— it sounds like, oh, we, you know, they're, they're, the way they're bitching about him is this is a guy who rejected you. So you're going to continue to make fun of him, ridicule him. I'm all for it. By all means, go ahead. I don't care. But you're going to keep doing that because you're burned because you liked him so much. You were so friggin' invested in him. So you, now we're going to, I mean, come on. Let's talk about Boston Celtics. Yeah, that's the thing. You, again, it's, it is a slap in the face of these guys because like, we want Kyrie. You want now, it to work with him. That's the one thing I don't know if I agree with. Is it a slap to the face? Because you, you go to the scrums. You're in the locker room. You have, mm-hmm. You're with media members. How many questions are based on Kyrie Irving that are upon like the the Nets and Celtics game itself? It's, Is he still getting questions about Kyrie Irving? They don't get as many Kyrie questions now. They get a lot of last year's team questions still, which is fair. It's died down. It's facts. Yes. It's it's stuff that happened, and there's a an obvious turnaround mm-hmm. in terms of chemistry. And so far, we've seen guys elevate their game from last year. But, Marcus Smart's one of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. But you know what else they see, too. Is so they... what is he complaining about? That the questions from the media or just talk radio talking about I it? Think Fans on Twitter? Everybody. Well, Ty, you saw, I mean, Kevin Garnett goes and says those things about Kyrie not having the cojones to play in Boston, right? right. That was, he said that in New York. Well, he goes and says that. I write about it on EEI.com. I'm, I guarantee I'm not the only site that wrote about it. Obviously, all of New York wrote about it. Right. So he's getting, he sees those headlines. They get asked the questions about it. You turn on the radio. Somebody's probably talking about it. You listen to our podcast. We're talking about it. I'm sure the other ones Big are, deal. too. So, but deal that, with it, Marcus. Yeah. I mean, like, I love you. You're, you're an awesome player, a great player. A kid should role model their game after yours. Wow, look at you. But uh, he gets on the floor. He, he does 50-50 he's balls. He's got the dog in him. But Marcus Smart, man, I, I don't know if I agree with that part that it's a slap to the team because it's if you don't want to get questions about stuff that happened last year, then I'm sorry. That's part of the job. Well, it is, but you ever heard of me thinks thou doth protest too much? I don't know what the hell you just said. Well, that was a line from Gasper's latest column. Oh. Um, <laughs> no, but seriously. He that's, flummoxed that, that one, yes. <laughs> that is actually a, uh, it's like a, I think it's a Shakespeare thing, but me doth, if you go and complain too much about one thing, right. there's a reason behind that. This, you know, like when, motivation, Ky- yeah. when Kyrie would go and get all upset when people ask him about it, if you're going to leave after they're starting 
starting to be spe- speculation. I think Joe Giza from um, from what is it? He's WBZ. Yeah, he he pointed out on Twitter at one point. I mean, he, like that's he's trying to hide something. I think the Celtics fans going crazy over getting upset with Kyrie or being upset with Kyrie has to do with the fact that they wanted to work with him so badly and they're still pissed that he they're said burned. no. You said it earlier. They're yes. burned. But that's but that's what Smart's seeing too. He's not an idiot. These guys do see that. They pick up on that stuff. They're not stupid. Some of them are, but they're he's not. So that's why I'm convinced like he's annoyed with it, and that's why he's addressing it in the manner that he is. He's not trying to preach. I understand how it sounds like that. But again, that's why I would think Lou would be able to see something like that because I, I feel like— Everybody appreciates them. Nobody wants Kyrie. What is Marcus Smart talking about? I, I mean, like, again, Lou's not stupid. He's he's a former athlete. He you could see how someone I don't know, maybe it's maybe I'm just giving him too much credit because of the yeah, former yeah, athlete. Everybody, including the Boston fans, want to talk about Kyrie. Let's talk about Boston stuff. I mean, and, and, and he's not wrong. Smart's not wrong. I mean, I was telling you before. I look at the numbers. Shame on the Boston fans for talking about the Boston team from last year. Oh my well, God, it's it's so bad that talk radio has to fill four hours. Some of it talking about what happened with the Celtics from last year. That was an all time disappointing team. Mm-hmm. They are not my team, and it's so obvious <laughs> that that team. Team vastly underachieved. I'm used to seeing it every year with the Chicago Bulls, and the Boston Celtics epitomized underachieving last year. Yeah, we're going to talk about that team and that level of disappointment for a long time. Marcus yeah. Smart, this Kyrie stuff is not going away. It's not. You can ask about it. It's not going away. Well, in part, and he's saying the Boston fans, not the media, yeah, in that sense, including the Boston fans. Again, because Smart is not stupid. Smart knows. That we're all writing about it, or you guys are talking about it, or we're talking about it here because people care still. I look at the website's numbers. I have access. So when people want to complain, right. why are you writing about Kyrie? I believe me, I don't want to write about Kyrie. Doing it I have you to want do it for to. Netswire. I already have to do that. Okay. It's part of my job over right. there. So I already have to do it. I don't want to have to do it more for, for Boston. But guess what? It happens because every time it comes up, you know what most people do? They read it. A lot. They love to read about Kyrie when someone says shit about him, when when he, when he says something stupid, whatever. It happens. Kyrie okay? is controversial. And he, yeah, thank you, Rob. And Kyrie, his whole thing, too, don't get me wrong, total diva. Like, it's not even close. Like, it, it's, it's, I enjoy watching him play. I understand some of his stuff. Like, I, he does not bother me as much as everybody else. I think I, I finally figured out over the weekend, and it's a total douche reason. I'm not going to get into it right now. But his whole thing, he's just, like, he wants people to appreciate the game on his terms. And, and not criticize. Exactly. Them. And it's not a millennial thing. Glenn said that, okay? It's yeah, not a, he did. It's not a goddamn millennial thing, okay? Well, wait, He's an I, artist. I, that was a, a sticking point he had with money. He goes, I, I didn't say it was a millennial thing. I said it was a, a young person thing, which, okay. Oh, so, shut up, Glenn. So shut up. He's, he's our freaking age. He's 26, 27 right. years he, old. He, shut it, up. It's, it's totally a old man, get off my lawn. You know, back in my day, we wouldn't do that type of stuff. But it's, Yeah, no, no, shut up. Honestly, if, maybe if it's... Maybe these the times now allow for someone like Kyrie to speak up because he's like an artist and all that stuff. Maybe if Bill Walton played back in the day and he was right. getting booed like this, he'd do it. But shut, it's not what it's not because he's friggin' twenty six years old. He's just Kyrie has like an artist type mentality, and it makes him sound like a jackass. Half the most the humane things that make us human, we lose track of sometimes. Oh, I mean, just I really. 
my appreciation for the world goes deeper than I think a lot of people realize. That's, I mean, that's one of the worst. But outside of this game, I live a very much real life. All right. Now, I don't want to look again as much. The Celtics fans, to an extent, they can only take so much of Kyrie. So I think it's Good time. Good luck, Brooklyn. Now, oh, man. one thing I did want to touch on uh, very briefly. I wrote about this, the Grizzlies pick. I will be keeping you guys updated on this on EEI.com. Really quickly, though, I know when I wrote about it today, right now, you know, Ty has him as your projected 30th team in the league, right? Worst team in the league. Worst team in the league. Preseason, yeah. I had them towards the bottom of the barrel, but not that far down. But in position where they could realistically land a top six pick, obviously they would have—I think I had them outside the top six, so they'd have to move up with the ping-pong balls and everything like that. But I don't I don't know. Like, right now, it looks good for the Celtics. I don't know, though, that they're going to land in that top, that sixth range. I just—something tells me, because Morant, rookie of the month, um, Kendrick Nunn was the other one. I know Clark's hurt, too, but there's so many teams, Ty, that are battling at the bottom. And, I mean, and the Blazers— have not looked good. What the hell is going to happen midseason? I know Carmelo's their savior and everything like right. that. That was the biggest BS player of the week, by the way, too. I mean, good for him, doing well. But how the how the hell does Luca not get that? Right? I don't know. That's that seemed very odd. It was almost like the league wanted to announce, "Hey, if you have you haven't noticed, uh, Carmelo Anthony, Woo! he's back." Yes. He's player of the week, by the way. He's still good. And it's they're like, on a three-game no, winning fine. streak no. with him against the Bulls, the Thunder, and guess who else? The Bulls again. No, it's Carmelo. Look, good for Carmelo. Happy for him that he's doing well. Don't act like he deserved, that he did not deserve it that week. It was totally Luka. But Luka got player of the month. That's really all that matters in the grand scheme of things. Now, that's actually funny that you mentioned that because I found a cut that said, yeah, Melo shouldn't have gotten the player of the week award, but it shouldn't have been Luka either. Who the, who the hell said that? Melo did not deserve offensive player of the week. That would be James Harden. When you drop oh. 60 in three quarters, three quarters. three quarters, that would be you. So why did would he you, get it then? Well, because I'm getting ready to Thanks get to that. Thanks for the memories. I'm getting ready yeah. to get to that. Oh, there. Come on. Because here it is. Luka Doncic, James Harden, one of them should have been that play Western Conference Player of the Week. Mm. I would have gone with Harden, personally, me, myself, because I think that he's just <sighs> phenomenal. I like Stephen A. I actually do. He's grown on me through the years. He really has. He came up through the basketball game. He's yeah. a long-time NBA reporter. Mm-hmm. Started out in Philly. He's got sources. So played I, too. I, yeah. Played. Kind of, yeah, I think he played D2, I'm pretty sure. So, I mean, that's not that you need that to be an expert necessarily, but I respect Stephen A. He's grown on me through the years. What the hell is that, though? And James Harden, you know, he got all upset, right? He got pulled early from the game, and he's, like, yeah. all upset on the sideline. Come on, man. Like this, and then That's why when you go and say, the, this is why you can't go by just the numbers, Ty. Okay, you've watched him this year, have you not? Have you watched the Rockets? Unfortunately, yes. Okay. And I bet on the Rockets, too. And I, the one game I bet on them, they lost in Denver. So You can't, yeah, okay. It was a mistake. I feel like football is... Definitely the number one sport to gamble on, right? No questions asked? Yes. The, at least in America, it's football, and then it's basketball, right? Is it not? I would probably you're... say baseball is more no better. you got 162 way. games. You, you get betters anything that many times daily. Okay, but it's, I'm sorry. What's yeah. the better one oh, better. as a gambler? It's better, not baseball. It's, it's football, it's NBA, and then, it's, and then baseball. Yeah, okay. I was going to say no shot. The I, hardest sport to, to bet, I think, by far is basketball. NBA, NBA is a crapshoot. I always hear MLB is the hardest one. Oh, no, no. Yeah. I, I, there's a lot of fluky stuff that happens in the NBA that's like, 
Okay, the line was seven and a half. He just missed three straight free throws to cover at eight. Like that's a little odd. Like you know, like a, or half court shot covers and goes over two eighteen for your total. Like I've seen stuff happen mm. where it's like ah, I I'm always... not going to say the NBA is fixed, but like that is way too hard. Like <sighs> their lines are so tough in the NBA. But anyways. Um, we were talking about James, we were talking Harden. James Harden in the yeah. numbers, right? Okay, you you pull up, you sent me a stat. I'll, it's just you, factual that James Harden is a better scorer than Michael Jordan. You know, we missed that the last two weeks. We, we really did. You, you as truly did miss the clip. I mean, Matt and Matt's all pissed that he can't be here to talk about James I will, Harden. I will email him that clip so he can listen to yeah, it he, at his own pleasure. He needs it as his, uh, his new text tone. Um, but <laughs> you sent me this thing of James Harden, and it's that he's the most, what he's the best low post defender in the NBA. Over the past three friggin' years. And I was like, what the hell? Come on, man. You're better than that. I mean, you're getting on fights with people now over uh, over numbers on, on Twitter. I saw that, too. One of our loyal listeners, Phil. Yeah. I mean, you're, just, you're, not, you're all in on the numbers now. I, I'm just, like, going contrarian, apparently. But, I mean, the sample size in this number, it's Micah Adams, who's, like, I think a former Nets front office guy. He's like a salary cap contract guy in the NBA. Okay. R- really good follow, by the way. Okay. Uh, he's actually the NBA Global Managing Editor for DAZN, which I didn't even know DAZN had basketball stuff. Anyway. I don't know. It's this, um, this so an enigma. The sample size here is super, super small. It's 100 possessions in a season, which there might be, what, 100 possessions in a game? Yeah. yeah. So he's doing that stat of, of Harden Need being the that. most efficient post-defender over the last three years based off, like, Okay. One, one so, possession per game. So what the hell are we talking about then? I mean, come I on. was just trying to show trying you that James Harden is statistically the best defender in the post. So you're being so you're being facetious when you said that. Oh, of course. That. Okay. I, don't, I mean, James. I've been Har- reading a lot of Gasper lately, by the way. Really trying to use those big uh, three syllable words. I've, I'm trying to learn what flummoxed to me. I read it today in a Gasper column, and mm. I'm going to add that one to my vocabulary. Oh, that'd be impressive. Do that in the yeah. trending. I think that would be great. <laughs> See, honestly, I'm not even joking. Drop a flummox. In trending, and see if they catch you when you do it. Those guys won't even listen to me sometimes when I do the trending. So just that, that'll be a, a good time to figure out if they are listening to me. Yeah, they're, they're too busy freaking interrupting you half the time. Whenever I hear it. it's like the, it's the highlight of my day. Whenever you do a trending, oh yeah, I love it. Um, but when it comes to when it comes to Harden, like if you again, this is this is not eye test versus numbers. This is just paying attention to the goddamn game. If you watch him play defensively, do you think that he is an elite defender? Sorry, fuck no, you don't, no. because he no. does not put in effort half the goddamn time. He saves his energy for the other ha- other half of the court, the other like, side of the is, ball. This is why, like Luca versus him, is so maddening to me because when you, I remember when I first heard that Luca learned a lot from watching James Harden. I see similar principles. He's got a great step back three. That one in LeBron's eye, oh, that was outstanding. Though the Lakers, he's a machine with that step back. He, he is, but watching Anthony Davis in the post the, the other night when they were playing the Mavs, like. Dude, I don't know how, like, the Celtics, that's my first thought. I don't know how the Celtics are going to handle that. I don't know how anybody's going to handle Anthony Davis in the post, dude. I don't know. He's a goddamn there's, machine. There's no game plan for stopping a duo of LeBron and Anthony Davis. In a pick and roll, how do you defend that? The Celtics I mean, are... you want LeBron to shoot a three in probably most cases, but mm-hmm. he's throwing lobs from half court where the defenders are, like, neck and neck next to Anthony Davis, and he just goes up and grabs it and bangs it home. You throw, you, you ask me who the Celtics are better off playing in the finals. Don't get me wrong, I still think the Clippers are the Best team in the league right now. They may be better off facing the Clippers though than the Lakers, just I'm, because yeah, not, of that mismatch. I would agree with you. I would agree with you because I, 
I'm not going to be like Gwen and say, oh, I, I fear LeBron James in a playoff series, but you you do as a basketball fan who he ha- he personally has ended many bold seasons for me yeah. and ripped my heart out. Yeah. I don't want to face LeBron ever in a basketball series, uh, best of four, best of seven. In the playoffs, I don't want to do that. That's I mean, that's fair. I mean, LeBron's definitely part of it. But for me, it's AD looks outstanding in the blow post right now. You don't If you don't have like somebody, I mean, he's playing Porzingis who, yeah, he's a good block, shot blocker, but... He's not, you know, this big built dude. He's not going to be able to body him up down there. Yo, know, Davis throws up a pump fake. What's he going to do when it's Cantor? Uh, when it's Rob Williams? He's going mean, Rob Williams has no shot, and that's your best guy. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, Marcus Smart's got no shotting. I mean, maybe he can stop AD out in the block, but you're going. That's a, you're really rolling the friggin' dice right. on that one. So, I mean, there's no chance. Whereas the Clippers, we've seen what they can do. Yes, it would be a very tough series if the Celtics got that far, but I think they'd have a better chance. And Danny Green too is another guy who just. On any given possession, you know, I mean, three possessions in a row, you can just go freaking lights out, and you're behind. And change by the nine. game in a minute, right? Seriously, but um, and then you have, of course, Caruso. You, you got a game plan for that guy. He's a legend. Yeah, absolute stud. But well, um, did I miss something? I searched James Harden into Twitter, and the first autofill is James Harden has a beer gut. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, yeah, I, I can get behind that. Looks I, like, I think he, I, it might be I mean, factual. I'll have to see some pictures. But that's I haven't a, seen him in that's a while, the but. thing with that Matt said before, and is when it comes to like Harden is like a guy who's playing, who's like trying to do too much in pickup, and he's good, but he just takes over, and then it's like I don't want to freaking play with this guy. He just he and he wonders why people don't want to play with him. Oh, I just try. I just scored nineteen of our team's twenty one points. I mean, you don't want to play with me. I I, I just I, I'm the best on like, fifty shots. Yes. too. I mean, but th- that's where. Some, he, he would be a him. bad pickup player. Because, oh, I hate it. Because, uh, like, what? Be terrible. Like, 30 or 40% of his points every night are at the free throw line. Ex- you're, oh, not, yeah. you're not going to get those at Rucker Park or playing in pickup ball. No. It doesn't happen. So. No shot. But I, 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 and that's where, like, watching him. Not going to get those bitch calls that he gets in the NBA, too. He, just, so he throws lazy. out a leg. He, he, like, drifts. He does the Kobe move. He, he swings out that leg and he knows how to get the call every time. It's, he, and then you, and you look at a guy like Kemba and Tatum who. R.J. Barrett's getting more calls than them. I was watching the, the Sunday game. Was, Come on, man. What is? What do they got to do? You breathe on R.J. Barrett, who's a nobody in this league. He, yep. he, I get it. He's the Knicks, and maybe he'll turn into something there, just like Kevin Knox has. But don't, get off get off him. Come on. Tatum definitely deserves the calls now. He's showing it. He's a closer. He's got all that stuff. Kemba's all NBA. I mean, they just it's ridiculous, okay? Speaking of the Knicks, though, K, uh, it was a KG said that Kyrie and Kevin Durant should, what was it, they should have signed with the Knicks instead of the Nets, which I was blown away by that because that's a former Nets player. I know we don't think of him as that, but he played there for a little bit. And then you have Ennis Cantor, after the Celtics played the Knicks, talking about how he's you know friendly with James Dolan, I guess they text or whatever, and he's saying that he doesn't blame Dolan for what's going wrong with the team. I mean, what the hell's going on? Where is this now? We're going all pro Knicks and everything like that. And then Cantor, of all people, is saying, I mean, I think Cantor's kind of had an, I will say, I wouldn't be surprised if he's had somewhat of an awakening, realizing these people, when it comes to basketball, in the grand scheme of things, not a big deal because he's got all the turkey stuff going on. But it's still strange to me. What's his explanation for Nick choosing the Knicks over the Nets? Did he even explain? Because, yeah, he said it would because. Um, I'm looking at it. Says said, if they did the Nets, I thought they should have done the Knicks. If I'm being honest, I'm not a Knicks fan by far. But if they come to the city and dominate, man, the first superstar to hit New York and be vibing 
is going to be bigger than life. I remember I said that, uh, basically saying that if they win in New York, it's going to be much bigger of a scale if they do it with the Knicks, which is obvious. But why does he care about that? Like, is he just trying to talk to the New York fan and be like, uh, side with that? I mean, maybe, I think he, he, maybe he has bad blood with the Nets. I don't know. I, I think, he, well, I don't think he's got bad blood with Kyrie because he likes Boston so much. I mean, he dumped yeah. all over him about that. He said he doesn't have the balls to play in Boston. But... I, I, I don't know. I mean, I guess KG's just, I mean, the thing is with KG, he just thinks, speaks what he believes is the truth. He's like that. Park's like that. Obviously, Paul Pierce is like that, too. That's what all those guys from that 08 team are pretty much like. So I think, I mean, I don't know. Someone probably asked him about it. What are your thoughts on KD and Kyrie picking the Nets over them? But I don't necessarily, I mean, I, I agree with his notion that if you figure out as a superstar with the Knicks, you're going to be a god. No doubt about it. It's just like playing for the Lakers. Just like if you did it in Boston here. I mean, Paul Pierce is a friggin' legend. He can do whatever the hell he wants. No one ever, Boston always has his back. But man, I did. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I don't get why he's defending the Knicks now. Like why you say they should have picked them. And same with Cantor. That's. I mean, why would you want to play for them with Dolan's there? That's my thing. The, the, the New York Daily News article was Stephen Bonney who yes. wrote it, and Great he job. basically pointed out. I mean, I forgot about this that during a playoff series. Um, Kevin Garnett basically explained that like the Knicks, Knicks fans, or no, I'm sorry, Knicks, the Nets fans have like a disinterest in basketball. So it's almost like maybe he believes there aren't Nets fans out there. So like I'm always speaking to the Knicks fans. I don't know. It was- well, he, I mean, he was there in the first year. I mean, the second year of the Nets being in Brooklyn. So it's a little bit different than that. It was that. fresh. It was brand new. Yeah, Barclays is fresh. Big change. Mikhail Prokhorov, who was you know, the owner, who's now not even owning the team. So I don't it's, a di- know. it's a different time. It's yeah. a totally different time. I just thought it was, it was very strange, though, in the grand scheme of things. Um, Can you imagine if they both did, though? Because that, was, like, that wasn't too far off from being the case. I think both guys. Yeah, Stephen A. Smith actually did say at one point, I'll find the clip here, 95% chance that both Durant and Kyrie were going to Brooklyn. Like, or, I'm sorry, to uh, New York City. Yeah. Like, within like two weeks of it it's happening. Been, yeah, it, was, it was wrong, but, I mean, it wasn't far off from happening. No, no, no. It was, no, I don't think it was far from happening. I saw somewhere else that someone said that, uh, and I can't remember for life of me who it was, and I think it was that Kevin Durant, they had, they had a bad meeting with Dolan, and that's what changed things about them considering the Knicks. I don't know. Kyrie was, I mean, Kyrie has put out plenty of pictures that he was a Nets fan as a kid. He's from Jersey and everything like that. I get there in Brooklyn still, and he calls it home. But it's yeah. like, you know, they are the Nets are still his hometown team because they're always going to be New Jersey's team, I get. I don't know how New Jersey feels about it. I don't really give a shit how New Jersey feels about the Nets anymore. The only reason Kyrie should go to Brooklyn is if he goes with KD or somebody. Yeah, exactly. If he's going alone, he should take his behind right to New York and the Garden. Because the Brooklyn Nets are fine without him. Yeah, I wouldn't. I, I, I Honestly, I don't That is a guy who should now be saying the Nets are fine without him, right? He said it back in May. <laughs> they Well, they would have had D'Angelo Russell back then. That's true. That's the thing. They would have had D'Angelo Russell, which definitely would have changed things. I like the Nets. I do enjoy watching them. I, I honestly do. They're fu- I mean, Kyrie changes the, the way that they play They play a little bit, but I also, to some extent, enjoy watching Kyrie play. Um, was there anything else that we want? Oh, there was the rule changes. Oh, you know what, though, real quick? the whole the, back, Going back to Luka, the player of the month. This is the first time this has ever happened. Giannis won it. Luka won it, right? East and West, respectively. That's the first time two international players have won it at, in the same month. I think that's outstanding. That would be James Harden. Because, yeah, shut up. So I, th- I think that's absolutely friggin' outstanding. Because I saw it was Fennis Dembo on Twitter said how the, the gap's starting to close. I think that's great because now it's going to push guys around here to you, where you got to be fundamentally sound. Because you know what's going to happen? All the Europeans, and then you'll get, you know, I don't know, Japanese, Chinese, uh, Russians, whatever, everybody. 
where basketball is growing, you're going to get pushed out if you don't play the game the friggin' right way. I have, you're not going to make the big money. I am such a fan of that. And that was something that Luca, as like a 16-year-old, was getting raved about in Europe. Was like, wow, this kid is playing with pros, and he is more polished than the pros like themselves. Like he's not getting paid. Was he getting paid as? Well, I'm, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But that's a- anyways, why I like him more than so, Harden. He was so advanced as mm-hmm. like a teenager. It was mm-hmm. incredible. And that's why I like him more than Harden is because I feel like Harden, there's just a lazy sloppiness to his game. Don't get me wrong, he's efficient in a bunch of ways, but there are other ways where he's not. I, I, like I can't. Matt, with- <laughs> Matt said it the best way in the text the other day. He said James Harden makes me hate basketball. Oh yeah. And made, I don't like watching James Harden teams play. No, I don't either. I, I mean, and that's the thing that that it happens with Harden, but it happens with a lot of guys where they go and put out. When the Celtics will do this, anybody, player X scored this many points, had this many rebounds, whatever. Well, he scored this many points, but how how efficient was he from the field? Because I give a shit about that. Because that freaking means something. And I get it. It's more if he goes and shoots thirty three percent from three, it's the same thing as shooting fifty percent from two. Whatever. Okay. Whatever that bullshit is. But at the same time, I still need to know because it matters. You can't just go and feed right. me. He scored X. Well, if he scored 20 points and he took friggin', I don't know, uh, 75 shots, that doesn't mean anything. It's like you as a pitcher, you're just saying, oh, well, he struck out 10 guys today. He also okay, walked well, 15. Wait, wait, yes, exactly. Yeah, come on. That was my stat line. I could strike out 10 guys in any Little League game, but I'm walking 12 as well. Yeah, you know? exactly. I can go I can go and drop 20 points on anybody, but I mean, I'm, it's going to take me 50,000 shots to get there. Exactly. So I, I think that's that's where the whole Harden thing, yeah, he's the best player in the league. No, he's not. And that's why, and that's to LeBron's credit, I've never felt like LeBron had to do that. To be as good as he is, I mean, he's not an amazingly efficient three point shooter, no question about it. But I never felt like he had to do what Harden does, and that's why he's, that's why I always take LeBron over James Harden. I want to see Harden be a better shot maker, and yes. that, that might be ridiculous coming from a guy who's averaging thirty eight point nine points a game. No, but, but no, but, but I get your point. There are opportunities late in games where he struggles to get to where he wants because he's only going for the foul. He's mm-hmm. trying to literally kick the leg out and, and go to the I line. Just, he settles for that rather than trying to uh, exploit a defense in a pick and roll or get his other teammates open. Mm-hmm. He's almost just dead set at getting to the line because he's so damn good at it. You're, he you're, is. He's he has 15 free throws a game. Why go back to you know, the old school traditional way of playing offense? Because yeah. he's recreated it, by the way. Well, and that's why they're uh, – I don't know yeah, he's recreated it. I mean, that's why they're trying to find ways to combat it, too. They, they, in the G League, they have the – was it you shoot – so if you get fouled on a three-pointer, you shoot one free throw, and it's worth three For points. For all three? Yeah, for all three. Oh, I don't and, like that. And then they're doing it for two pointers. It's two, and then if it's an and one, it's one till the last two minutes of the game or overtime. But the idea behind it is when guys shoot their first free throw, they shoot it worse than they do like percentage wise. It's like seven percent, I think, worse of a success rate. Yeah, it makes sense. Than the second th- right. free throw, and then it gets worse again on the third one. So that's what they're trying to combat. Do you, it. Do you like that rule? I don't like that. So f- it's weird. What is it for? Pacing just to speed up the game? It's for pacing. Yeah, I don't hate it, and 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 it's also to you know, the idea is that it will affect guys' free throw percentage as well. They won't necessarily. necessarily I think they'll wear out guys too because I think. I mean, for me as a former basketball player, I loved. I didn't love it, but I mean, I you kind of look forward to breaks in games yes. where you can put your hands on your knees and get a breather and get you know. Um, I mean, you're not gonna have that opportunity now because you have to be alert and ready on yep. the first shot. So yeah, I don't. Exactly. I don't like that. And would would you be more inclined to foul then? No, you wouldn't be more inclined to foul, wouldn't you? If, if you have a. I'm trying to think of like a hack a shack type situation. Like for a bad for a bad free oh, throw shooter. Would, oh yeah, okay. Wouldn't you want 
Wouldn't that, wouldn't that encourage Hackashack, uh, a taco yes. ball? He's a horrible free throw shooter. What's preventing me now from doing that up until the final two minutes? I mean, other than fouling, oh, yeah, I you mean, would be more encouraged now. Yes, you'd be more role. encouraged with him. Yeah. With Harden, though, you'd be even less so encouraged. Of course, yeah, right, because then it, then you're going to run because I mean, you obviously don't want him taking you're giving one more free value throw. to the dumb movie makes. Yeah, exactly. So I, I mean, I'm. I, the thing that I will always say about the NBA is they try different things, and now they definitely. I mean, they're taking full advantage of the G League. I mean, look now MLB is doing it right. They're so far behind when it comes to that stuff, but the NBA is always at the forefront of that stuff. And now they got all these rules. Woj and Zach Lowe were reporting it the other day, and so there's the reseeding of the four conference finalists in the playoffs. There's a 30 team in season tournament. And then there's the postseason playing, and then there's the possibility of adjusting the uh, number of games from 82 to 78 or 79, but that I guess they could turn into 83 with possible tournament and playing scenarios. Right. So this is all from Woj and Zach Lowe at ESPN. So the four conference finalists reseeding is a weird concept to me, but I don't think it's a bad idea. You want the two best teams in there, of course, but the idea of having two Western Conference teams in the finals to me, is it's just it just doesn't feel right. You know, what I mean, what's the point of conferences then? At the end of it all, you know what and, I mean. They're doing the reseeding in the semifinal rounds. Yes. Why, if you're going to do the reseeding and try and just ignore the conferences and geographic regions, why don't you just read just do, like, do it at the beginning, at the beginning of the playoffs? Yeah. So you're going to allow a round of playoffs go by with Western versus Eastern, and then after that, you're going to blow it up and say, okay, now we're going to radically change it, and it's going to be, you know. The magic against the Clippers, mm. you know. Yeah, just in that one. Yeah, it's it's strange. I, I think your way makes a little I, more I'm, sense. I'm for reseeding, yes. though, because I don't I'll think— be fine with that. I don't like having, you know, your traditional one versus eight. Um, I, I would like to see some matchups you never, ever see in the playoffs. I don't think it'll ever happen because the players will probably bitch about the traveling. It's going to, I mean, increase traveling Obviously exponentially. They run the yep. It's, it's going to be crazy. They run the league. Right. And the- so they're going to be against it. Mm-hmm. Unless they have a monetary gain for it, why would they? Why would they be for it? Yeah, I don't know why they would, but the, but I do think the, the leagues... fans the fans are, should be all for it, mm-hmm. and that may be something that silences whether the players want it or not. I think it's though, all business. Ty. I mean, this is just this is a totally out of left field theory that I have. You know, just opinion. Looking at the lay of the land, LeBron has turned has the, the whole player empowerment movement is because of LeBron. No question about it. Kobe had his day, and all these guys and. and Things were good for them, but it's never been as good for players as it has in this league. No questions asked, right? Right. So I think that the league is trying to get some of that power back. I do. Because I always remember growing up that MLB had all the power. I mean, the the player association there was the best player association. And now they're a joke. Now the NBA, for them in the NBA, it's kind of flip-flop. I wonder if Silver is now LeBron's kind of on his way out. You know, LeBron maybe want to become an owner someday. So you think he's probably going to want to get some power on his side. So maybe now this is where you kind of start the transition where you're going to be able to push the envelope on a few things because maybe he'll be more open to it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because Jordan runs a team now. He's got to be worried about his team. I'm sure he's worried about the players, but he's got to take care of himself and his organization. So that's where I think that some of these rules, as much as players normally are going to say no, maybe now LeBron kind of looks to the future and says, hey, you know what? I'm, I don't mind this. If something like this happens, I'd be okay with it. Maybe maybe it's good for the rest of the league. You know what I mean? Then we'll just wear it. I mean, they're making hand over fist money now. So, I mean, as long as they're making the dough. Ridiculous money. The TV deals are out of control. What, what, do you, what, more do you, what more do you need if you're making all that money, right? right? You travel a little bit extra. But I in the grand scheme of things. But in general, more money is always good. So yeah, that's exactly. the way they're going to see it. Exactly. Exactly. Um, when it comes to the... Th- 
before you know before we get to the thirty team in season term because that's the most radical one of them all. The postseason play in. I'm totally fine with that. I think that it's been wildly successful for um, for Major League Baseball, and I think it, I think next to the World Series, I don't know the numbers, but I feel like there's more buzz. It's, it's that and the World Series that gets the most buzz. So I'd be totally fine with that. I don't know if they want to do three games or if they want to do two, one, whatever. But I think it's a great idea. I'm all for it. So you do that for what the the eighth spot. Yeah, so the playing proposal is this. Two four-team tournaments featuring 7th, 8th, ninth, and 10th seeds in each conference. 7th seed would host the 8th, and the winner of that game would be earning the 7th spot in the tournament. The ninth seed would host the 10th seed with the winner of that game facing the loser of 7th, blah, blah, blah. Okay. So I would be for it, and I love it's a college. a much, but I would be for it. I love college basketball, and the tournament is incredible. Who doesn't love the tournament? Um, but the first four, people bitch about that a lot. Mm. It's kind of like a play-in that you went from 64 teams to 68, those four play, yeah. whatever it's at now. I, I like that. It's mm-hmm. your first little taste. It kind of gives teams who don't normally get a shot to get in a chance to do it. And for these, uh, what is it, four teams in each conference, so eight total, you're giving them life. I mean, you're giving them a chance to where they don't have title hopes, but can their season continue past a do-or-die game tonight? Like that's, Exactly. That's always cool. Game 7 is like the greatest, the two greatest words in sports because uh, you're, because everything r- rides on that game, and that's mm-hmm. what it would do in the play-in tournament. And, so. and all this stuff is they're trying to make the regular season more important, right? Of course, right. because that's the issue, guys, with load management and all that stuff. And, and, and again, I think that you have to manage the guys to some extent when you look at especially someone like Marcus Smart. Guys laying you know, their body on the line or if they have chronic quad issues, um, you, you have to manage those sorts of things. When it comes to the in-season tournament, though, I think this is a huge reach. I don't think it's going to work. You, uh, you saw that Mark Stein of the New York Times said that there's an extra draft pick as an incentive for winning the tourney, I guess. We're not even sure if it's a first, a second round, if you would get it the year after winning. You I only mean, have so many spots on the team. Like I feel like you'd be better off getting some extra ping pong balls in the grand scheme. And fans really aren't going to be excited about that. No, exa- exactly. It's, it's, maybe it's something a little bit for the team, but that's it. It's just a little bit. So, I, I mean... I I think if you're going to try and really the only way to impact regular season participation in fan interest, because now what's happened is everybody, all they care about is rinks. Don't get me wrong. I, like Nick Wright will be out there saying uh, he was going at it with Colin Coward on Twitter about James Harden. Right. Oh, I, I can appreciate greatness and all that stuff in the regular season. Listen, dude. I enjoy watching quality basketball in the regular season. I, I've, I mean, having league pass is outstanding. And it's and the same way with baseball. I love it. Okay, regular season. But you, the titles are all that matters. In terms of the in the grand scheme of things, we, all we care about is winning. But people should—I I, I am stunned that people don't care really, it seems like, much— about regular season, you know, Celtics fans are into it now and all that stuff. What I, I don't want to channel my inner Kyrie here, but I was gonna say like people don't appreciate the art of basketball anymore. Well, my and f- that is kind of what Kyrie was saying, but it's it's like, as we're we love the game of basketball. Me and you, and of course uh, Matt and the Five Out Podcast, we love the game. We'll watch pretty much any game if it's on. Pe- regular fans don't do that though, and they don't watch it that way. They right. wa- they watch for okay, well, what does this game mean in right. the long run? Can the you know the Cavs and LeBron win the title? Blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. Can the Lakers and LeBron now do it? And that's what everyone's looking for. But I don't know. It's see with with Boston fans, the reason why you know Glenn and, and everybody else wants to make fun of Celtics fans because they get all into the regular season and they they read into it way too much. 
Well, when, like the reason I give a damn about the regular season outside of just enjoying the sport in general is because this is every single step of the way. All this stuff matters. It's all. That's why people will get pissed about Kyrie Irving saying, right. "Oh, he just has just a regular season." This is where you develop the good freaking habits. That's why all this shit matters. This injury could cause the Nets could go from a three seed to seven. Exactly. You know? And then and then now it's and then like, you flame out in the first round. Exactly. And now without like with without Gordon Hayward, right? He's not there to develop chemistry with the guys. I'm not saying that they're going to go and hate him or or they're going to have a big beef or whatever. It's that he's not there. You're not seeing what he's doing in these these situations. You know. Tatum might grow defensively or, you know, semi Ojale from when Gordon Hayward was healthy to, I'm sorry, from when he first got hurt to now, Shemmy's looked immensely better. Brad Wanamaker has looked a lot better, right? Matt to, to dismay of Matt, yeah, yes. Exactly. But Matt's boy, Tremont Waters, got G League Player of the Month. And so, Danny shouted him out on Twitter. Yes, he did. But, I mean, that's the thing. Things change in that in that time frame. You look at uh, Karis LeVert, a ton's happened since he got hurt because he got hurt before Kyrie did. And there are other guys that are like that. So that's why when you say the regular season doesn't matter, it matters in the little things. And that's why Boston fans, I, look, don't get me wrong, I think that there are some times where Boston fans are ridiculous. I, my, I'm related to plenty of them. But at the same time, they're also some of the smartest fans in the country. And they know with everything that goes on in the regular season, that shit matters at the end of the postseason. Because chemistry and that crap and knowing your teammates and growing together freaking means something. So that's why you know Nick Wright wants to go and say, "Oh, I can appreciate greatness." No, no, no. The thing is, we do uh, like the greatness, but the thing that we've seen now with Harden is, when it comes to the postseason, it only means so goddamn much when he's scoring sixty points against the friggin' whoever he did it against. People get mad care. at me for saying it. God, he is so whiny. We should have played as much Nick Wright as possible. LeBron without here. James derangement syndrome. Well, you know what's going to happen. I've he, heard way too many of his Patriots takes I'm, this week. I'm By actually way, Nick Wright will be him. joining the uh, OMF show this week. Uh, no. So if you're, it's on Thursday. That is December 5th. So if you're hearing this afterwards, check out wei.com. You can read Nick Fryer's writings yes. and then listen to Five Out and then listen to Nick Wright <laughs> on OMF. There you go. Oh, you, you know. I forgot. Uh, you What's know, up? It'll be in the intro. Uh, I'll go back to it because we got a tease that we, we're going to be somewhere on Thursday too. So you're hearing it now. We were, we're recording the intro afterwards, so whatever. Anyway, um, but that's my whole thing. So actually, the relegation. I didn't even get to that. I think if you really want to impact viewership and the importance for guys in terms of regular season, um, you have to add re- relegation, like, like they do with European soccer. It. I mean, you go and tell. I don't know, the bottom 10 teams in the league, right? You're going to get booted, you know, and then only f- the, the, to start things, and then only the top five teams can move up, and the, the bottom five teams in the NBA get moved down, and whatever you want to call right. that league, we'll just call it purgatory for now. I mean, that's going to have a huge impact on the fans because no one's going to care if you're winning in that league. It's not, it doesn't, it's not, it's not Europe yeah. where that's, that shit matters. Like, it's, it means something. So it'll mean more for the NBA teams and those bottom five teams battling for a position. So that's where the regular season means something in the end. I have a proposal. Oh. I'm changing the NBA, oh, oh, and I want to throw it at you, and I want to see if you like this. Okay, so you are obviously a baseball play baseball and stuff. So in minor league baseball, they have proposals, or they have this in there. For the postseason, they split their regular season, I think it was in the independent league they did this. Okay. They would split it uh, first half and second half. Your first half champion, automatic berth. No matter what happens in the second half of the season, you've got a berth in the playoffs. You win the first half title, you're in. Okay. Same case in the second half. You're basically creating two seasons of opportunities to make the playoffs. Oh, that's a pretty good idea. And then you have your your normal this playoff is in the pa- This is in the Paw Sox League? The one uh, that they're in? I don't know if it's... Okay. Oh, it, so because the independent... Oh, whatever. I'm getting... 
You're fine. Sorry, I'm being a dick. It, it was a. It was uh, the baseball team that I would see this in. I don't know what what league they're in. It was the Gary South Shore Railcats. And like that little area in the Gary, Midwest. Gary, Indiana. Okay, yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. See, it's the Frontier League probably then. Probably... Uh, they might be the Frontier League. Okay, yes. They were at one point known as like the Independent League they're, or something they're, like that. They're the, they're the preeminent Independent League for all you base, for you non-baseball people out there. But anyways, sorry, I'm getting caught up in the minutiae. But, but that's their their playoff format is they, they incentivize, literally, they value every single game of the regular season because every game you're you're now doubling the value. You're adding to the first half, second half, and you're creating more chances to make the playoffs. Whereas, you know, are you really going to care about the playoffs of, you know, the Gary South Shore Railcats? Mm-hmm. You know? That's, I think, I think we need to, when we go and, when we're going to have uh, the event that we're going to on Thursday, you and I, yeah. I think the person that we're going to meet with, we should try and uh, pitch that idea to him, see if he can get it up to the higher ups, because I'm sure he has a direct line to Adam Silver. Uh, I think, honestly, Ty, I'm not even being sarcastic. I think it's a great idea. Because then, then that impacts. Then the you know, let's say it's the Bucks that are the first overall team. Then if they want to coast a little bit, then they you know what they earned that luxury. But it meet. But then in the second half, it meet. Yes, I think that the they league were, is known as the American Association now. It was really? formerly known as the Independent League. It's, yeah. Huh. Well, you know what? Yeah. Okay. Th- anyway. Sorry, um, we went down a rabbit hole. Yeah. No. No. <laughs> I promoted but it. You like that proposal, though. It's split, I do. It's splitting I think, it up into I think a first-half champion, second-half champion. I think there's something there. I definitely now, think there's something there. A downside could be, say, the Clippers win the first-half title and the first-half champions, and they're already in the playoffs. If it, the seeding doesn't matter, then they could probably just sit Paul George and Kawhi low management in saying. the second half. There's a lot of holes to be fixed. I don't know if there is a, no, a I'm perfect saying, solution you, you here. You have the answer. You're on to something, though. I think right. you're on to something. And I'm trying to think of something. That's what the NBA is doing as well. Is they're they're not content with just having the the regular season value go down the drain, which seems to be where it's going. The NBA is I think I think that I think that they're at least the most creative league out there in terms of their front office and everything like that. More Look, pro, more proactive the, than any league the out there. The fo- like Baseball gets in its own way. Baseball a lot doesn't of time. do shit. They, they like to. Rob Manfred's horrible. They let the the the, the unwritten rules dictate stuff too much. Um, the the bad ones especially. Roger Goodell is the biggest freaking idiot out there. I mean, football. Like they've walked into a great thing where we've become an event based society. So now it's you own one day of the week, and that's it. That's why Thursday night football never does quite as well. It will in time, I'm sure, whatever. But it's just you know people want more football. They they want a lot of football, but they only want so much. Like Sundays. Perfect, whatever. We're getting Saturday soon. Saturday uh, NFL football is coming up in the dude, holidays. I, I barely watch football now. I, honestly, I barely watch football because I don't want to watch. So that way, when I listen to you guys talk about it all goddamn day, then it's like, okay, you know, I'm, I'm, this is something I don't necessarily know about right now because I can't, I can't anymore. I can't take it. It's just so everybody freaking loses their mind <sighs> over the stupid, stupid. I mean, like, honestly, type like the, the reason why I like basketball and baseball so much more than football is because there's just, like there's. So much unknown with it. I get it with the Warriors for years. We had it where you knew that they were going to be there at the end. But with the NFL, it's like around here, we all know the Patriots are going to be in the AFC title game. I get it. Everybody's scared now. But I'll tell you now. Okay, five out. You heard it here first. Patriots are going to make it to the AFC title game. Brady's only path is to be carried by the defense. It's a lock. They're going to get there. And then after that, it's an unknown. That's when the season starts. El Prez says it. I mean, every everybody says that. That's when it's unknown. And I understand that. But... It doesn't start till then, so you guys will be fine, all you Patriots fans. And if you don't like the Patriots, well, start rooting for the Chiefs or the the, the Ravens or whoever. Um, but anyways, back to basketball. I think you have a good rule set in place. Um, 
Did I touch on the player of the month stuff? I know I mentioned it, but I didn't really get into that it. That was when Stephen A. Uh, crowned James Harden the player of the oh, month. Oh, I got yes. off the rails. I think it's outstanding that we're seeing European. Oh no, I did. I touched on all that. Yes, okay. I went. I went further. Now. Sorry. We just. Do you want to play the Scotty Pippen cut? He, oh yeah. Do you know where he? Uh, I'm actually curious. Do you, do ba- basketball players and fans want the traditional system to not, like not change? I mean, I don't. I don't. Because a lot of this is like very radical. I don't see any of this really happening. There's a lot of moving parts and uh, approval by both the players yeah. and the league. The only other thing, oh, Northwestern's playing Boston College. I did not. Oh, that was this is a highlight. This was, I didn't realize this was Big happening. Big Ten ACC challenge. There uh-huh. we go. Oh wow! How the hell did I not know this? This is how little I pay attention to both Boston College and Northwestern. Um, which, by the way, I know we we've started the show out as a basketball show. We are still obviously, but like we're more, we're definitely leaning more towards the NBA. I just want to be fully transparent with everybody. It's gotten to the point where it's Celt- we're a Celtics NBA show now, just so everybody understands. Uh, we'll still. I, I just sorry to you, New Mexico listeners. Well, we're going to be talking about the 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 college stuff still too, but I just want to be transparent because we've gotten some. I've gotten some angry DMs about it, so Whatever. I just want to make sure. I don't care. I I care about our listeners. Yeah, I know you don't care. You're too busy. Getting I don't. In fights I, don't see, too... I don't see those DMs. Yeah, so you're getting you see in, them. you're getting in fights with all the people uh, that My actually friend. listen to the show. Yes. Um, what the hell? We've got so oh, um, oh, I, w- I want Pippen. to play Scotty Pippen because his answer kind of surprised me because it's as a traditional list. Like, if you change all this stuff, like, what happens to the stat book? Like the records? I mean, what happens? You just throw them out the window? I mean, mm-hmm. but Scotty was for it. I'm actually. Kind of for trying a, a lot of the stuff that they're they're doing, uh, I think it's great. We need to see some change. Uh, we got different fans in the game. The mm-hmm. game is being played differently. But I, I think from a historical standpoint, a lot of this stuff doesn't doesn't make sense. And especially, you know, we all want to see the two best teams play in the finals. But if it's got to be two Western Conference teams, then from a historical standpoint, it doesn't make sense. To I me. I like that last point that if the two best teams in the league are from the Western Conference, those teams should be meeting in the finals. But then again, you have to scrap um, East versus West and reseed. You so. know, the thing is now it's so it's so bizarre. Like now we're we're at a point where I feel in some ways like you can't change certain things, but at the same time we're all about scrapping the past, and we're going to get to that with with the koozie stuff and everything. But it's like all about scrapping the past. I just don't get, like, this, you know, the, the, the season was not always 82 games long. Like, all, there's a lot of stuff that's changed for years. You didn't always have a friggin' three-point line. So I don't And ca- that's why we have the averages per game stats yes. to make up for that. And Ex- it's not about the totals. Exactly. So you, it's all, all the sports, they've gone through plenty of changes through the years. Why are we just going to stop now? You're just trying to make it better. After a certain amount of time, you've got to do something to spice the game up a little bit. Because otherwise, you're really just running through the same stories over and over again. And the beautiful thing about basketball is it's it's very easy to get creative with it as compared to the other sports. You don't, I mean, I don't, I, hockey, I, I know they've had rule changes for years, but just, I think it's easier to do it with the NBA more so than any other sport. I promote them trying to do it anytime they can. I don't think they're always right. I don't want a four-point line. The Larry Bird selling you guys. You can see it happening. I don't know. I'm fine no, with the No, change. thanks, Larry. Sorry. No, thanks. He, but he's probably right because he knows. Because been, there's been a ton of change since he got into the NBA and since he was in college and everything like that. But speaking of old-time basketball, the game has been – the old-time players have been getting attacked, especially the Celtics because we saw Bob Cousy. Uh, who was this on Twitter? It was – LeJethro Jenkins? I'm not sure if that's his, his name, but that's his Twitter handle. It's his Twitter handle. We're going to go LeJethro by that. LeJethro Jenkins. He might be a Jethro Tull fan. I don't know. So he's I doubt it. doing this for Yahoo Sports, right? He's yes. going and criticizing Bob Cousy. Most right? overrated player in the history of the sport. Oh, that's he went that far. Okay, let's hear what he had to say. Bob Cousy, Houdini of the hardwood, six-time NBA champion, 
perennial all-star, and quite possibly the most overrated player in the history of the sport. Listed as one of the top 50 players of all time, he never shot over 40% from the field. In 57 as a league MVP, he averaged 20 points off 20 attempts per game. He shot a whopping 37% from the field, which wouldn't even be in the top 120 in the NBA today. I imagine his shooting percentage is largely due to the fact his jumper resembled the motion of a shot putter more than an actual jump shot. I would demonstrate it for you, but you might be eating and it's quite grotesque. Bob Cousy played in an air. Okay, like obviously the jump shots were different back then. I mean, big deal. Like, it's quite grotesque. Whatever. <laughs> Bob Cousy played in an era where basketball barely resembled the sport we see today. The NBA was a fledgling league with less than 10 teams. It was barely integrated, and the Harlem Globetrotters played in front of crowds that were on average five to 10 times that of the NBA's. Wilt Chamberlain played his first year. Is he factoring crowd size? Is that what he just said? Mm hmm. Yes. It was barely integrated, and the Harlem Globetrotters played in front of crowds that were on average five to ten times that of the NBA. Well, Bob Cousy, he's overrated because he played in crowds that were not as big as the Harlem Globe. What? Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of like good points here and stuff I didn't know because obviously I wasn't around. I wasn't like Glenn calling games when Bob Cousy was playing in yes. the 50s. <laughs> five to ten times that of the NBA. Wilt Chamberlain played his first year as a pro with the Globetrotters. Then he went to the NBA and averaged 37 and 27 his rookie year. Because he was a freaking Yes, 37 tree. points and 27 rebounds. That's a rookie. Damn. Yeah, he was a The point of this is not to say that Bob Cousy wasn't a good player in his time. Or that he wasn't important to the league. But is he a top 50 player that ever played probably the game? Not. No, probably, probably not. not. However, would he make a great account if he came up in the modern no. era? Of course. I'll never take that away from him. You know, Deloitte, Deloitte really missed out. Honestly... Like, I, I, I'm, I, you know, I don't, I think it's funny when guys say stuff's disrespectful, like when players get all like bent out of shape, right. like, cause there are some times where it's like, eh, it's really not that bad. That's honestly unbelievably disrespectful. However, it's, would he make a great unreal. if he came up in the modern era? That, that part. Of yeah. course. That's come on, dude. You, you, I agree with you. He's, I wouldn't say he's a top 50 player of all time. Absolutely not. I think that I'm, I'm fairly certain I'm not off base in saying they, he won all those titles with Bill Russell. Bill Russell deserves all that credit. Yeah. I, and I get that Sam Jones and stuff was there too. But you're, he's an important player to the game. You want to say top 50 most important? I could get behind that, but not best. No, that's fine. But you're going to go and say he could be an accountant now? See, this is where I've gotten into, I've heard people say to me that Hayward is better than Larry Bird was. I've dealt with that before. Matt was there when it happened. I'd love to have him here for this conversation. These guys did not have what we have now in terms of the training, the you know, the the nutrition, whether or not guys are on PEDs, I don't care, but like they didn't have that access. You know, I'm sure Larry had something had access to something back in the day, but not what you have now. No shot. Right. So you have none of that stuff, none of the skill coaching, you don't have the three-point line, all this crap, the understanding of the metrics, which does help with some guys' games, no question about it. It is important as much as I dump on it. You're going to go and just shit on this guy when the game was, I mean, the NBA doesn't exist now without them. You have to start somewhere. Somewhere along the line, you have to start out with shit 
and then you turn it into something. That's how everything starts. But no, we want to go and just say the beginning, the origin, none of that stuff matters. It was so ugly. Then you got Isaiah dumping on somebody. Something on uh, Some guy put some stuff Isaiah out on Thomas? Twitter. Isaiah Thomas on Twitter. The, the Celtics Isaiah the, Thomas. The ex-Celtics. It was a yes. video of Bill Russell playing the Lakers. Now, I don't know if Wilt was on the floor, but I saw Jerry West. And he would said what, that he would dominate those guys. Please, uh, please pull up the tweet. So he's saying he would he – would, I forget what it was. But – he goes and says that Bill Russell's on the friggin' floor. Bill Russell, okay? Michael Jordan, I, I understand. He's the greatest player of all time. LeBron, you want to say number two, fine, whatever. Bill Russell is the single greatest champion in the history of team sports. That's not a debate. That's not debatable. That is a fact. He won 11 titles in, what was it, 13 seasons. Right. He won, uh, he was a coach in the course, of course of all that, too. He won, was it one NCAA title or is it two? He won one or two, and then he won a gold medal. The dude friggin' won when it mattered, okay? I want him on my—I don't care what anybody says. I want him on my team over James Harden. No questions asked, okay? James Harden hasn't won shit. When he goes and wins a ton, fine, maybe I'll understand. I get it. League's more talented now than it was back then. Totally different story. But guess what? Dude friggin' won ball games. That's what it was. He did what you needed him to do. And all, all the Wilt stuff and how great his numbers were, who was one person that had to friggin' handle him and was able to? Nobody. He handled—I always hear how Bill Russell handled him. I know Bill Russell handled him better than anybody else did, at least. And how many how many titles did Wilt win when Bill was around? How many? Not many. I don't know. Yeah, no, exactly. You don't know because it doesn't. it's, it's irrelevant because Bill won friggin' 11. The dude gets so much disrespect. Did you find the Isaiah tweet? I did. Uh, so it's the video, of course, and it's a lot of slow play like from a Lakers-Celtics game. Yeah. And the caption is, imagine Giannis in this game. And well, Giannis no, would—Giannis, well, you pick up Giannis and drop him in any generation. He'd be— Freaking great, whatever. So, anyways, Isaiah Thomas sees it and goes, "No disrespect," which That's... always means you're about to disrespect somebody. Yeah. No disrespect, but I'm killing these dudes. Yeah. Okay. I mean, great. Isaiah. It's not as bad as what the other guy said. The Isaiah, you are dude, like but... you're like less than 500 calendar days from running a bench in Denver. I... Am I wrong? Like, no, I, you're this, not wrong. This guy is so overconfident. I like Isaiah Thomas. I like his game, but. I, 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 don't look, I, I don't get it. It's a lot of confidence for a guy who really hasn't accomplished much. I I just don't – I could get it. You want to say your generation is the best generation, and I think every generation improves in a lot of ways when it comes to basketball especially, more than maybe any other sport because, like, there are some – the 80s for baseball, I look back on it and say, that was ugly as opposed to maybe, like, Ted Williams era. But man, like I don't. I mean, are you seeing JD Martinez saying, "Oh, back in the '40s, you, you throw me against Milt Pappas, I'm going to hit 55 home runs in that season." Like JD Martinez, you put a, any power hitter in baseball, you move him to a different era back then, he's going to freaking destroy the league. I like, remember hearing you can't do that in sports. You can't just pick up a player and drop him and say he would be the greatest because science is different, health is different. I mean, the development of players is different. Like. You could probably pick up a kid from Boston College's basketball team and put him back in this clip, mm. and he would be successful. Like, mm. there's just human nature grows through generations. Yep. Like, we we improve mentally in terms of how we think of the game and approach it, which we're doing. The game is different now. It's much faster. There's more three pointers, and humans have changed. So Isaiah Thomas, like, yeah, you're right. You might be able to kill these dudes, but like, you didn't. Congrats. Mean, but I mean, if- like. 
Do you want points on Twitter? I mean, the, congrats. You, you think you could kill guys who are athletically inferior to you right now. Congrats. They didn't grow up in the same no. culture and uh, circumstances that you did. I mean, no, they didn't. They it's, just, just, they uh, didn't. it's a pointless argument to make because nobody's arguing against that. I mean, but it's 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 dumb. Yeah, I mean, the if you want to, like, you can argue the whole, if you want to say, 70s and 60s versus 50s and stuff like that's fine. You want to do a fair comparison. like you do the 80s like the, the, see when you go from the 80s to now I feel like like the 80s is the line where it's drawn. Like yeah. there are very few exceptions in the course of that, but there are that's where the line's drawn. You want to say could Larry playing this era now? You can argue about that, but there's a certain point where you just like you can't go and talk about Walter Johnson pitching in in you know the 2000s because he threw gas. I've heard right. that he was like throwing 85. You know what I topped out at 91. You know what I mean? Congrats. Like it's not no. The point is, yeah, you're a dick. Okay, Let's, we know this. But my point is that you can't do shit like that. Like there's a certain line where it's drawn. So like the Isaiah stuff is stupid. The other guy was being disrespectful. Like the the whole koozie thing, the, the accountant part. However, that's where you I make draw a line. great account that that's, came up in the modern era. Of course. You again? I mean, if. I mean, Kuzi in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't matter. I mean, maybe this guy, if I saw him, he'd probably have an ugly-ass jump shot, too. Who is LeJethro Jenkins arguing about? Like, did he wake up and say, you know what? I got to take today. I don't know. Bob Kuzi, most overrated player in the history of the game. I'm going to tell people why. Well, okay, like, who's rating Bob Kuzi highly right now? I mean, mean, just look at the— Glenn? It's like like anything. I mean, you look at movies back when they were around compared to what you see now? Come on. I mean, it's just like anything. Guys that play with Larry were string beans. Like, these guys athletically didn't have the muscle these guys do now. They're bigger, faster, stronger, and playing faster than ever. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a dumb argument. It's, it's annoying, it's, and I know we're giving it, like— It's a strawman argument. Legs, Nobody's arguing like, today that Bob Cousy's a, an incredibly great player. Like, yes, he was good, and he's a huge part of history. But mm-hmm. you gotta, you no one's claiming Shoeless Joe Jackson's the base, best baseball player ever. I mean— You gotta—you know, when someone says— I think when you say someone's the best ever, all time, whatever, you consider the era they were in and how dominant right. they were in. Because that's and context. Then, exactly. The guys they're freaking playing against. Exactly. So if someone wants to argue that MJ's the greatest of all time, and I understand, we think we all feel the same way. You can take MJ, put him in whatever era. You take LeBron, put him in whatever era. Fine. And it's just factual that James Harden is a better scorer than Michael Jordan. Yeah, but see, you took you put him back in the '80s, and I don't think he's going to no, 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 no shot no. in hell. But that's where you look at. You know, that's where it's so rare with some of these guys, and everyone say go, go, go. Like, no, I mean, t- like the the uh, you know Joe Montana played in a different era of football than Tom Brady did. And that one so, right there made me the greatest player of all time. Uh, he's so annoying. But again, like <laughs> his game tr- would translate. To wherever he God, he's, he's still killing it. LeBron's just so he's a savage, man. And that's why. And honestly, James Harden's making me fall in love with LeBron. I can't take it because I just I know. I'd rather see him win. I'd rather see him win a thousand titles over Harden win one. It just and that's also the stat. You know, people like you who love stats and everything like that. And that's why you watch the game. I like I like facts as well. You like facts? Yes. Um, it's just factual. It's just factual. I think we covered everything. We're good to do our teas now, right? Yeah. Good so, to do teas. Yes. So. We are. There's going to be a live show at Emerson in Boston. I've actually never been to Emerson, so hopefully we don't get lost on the way. We're going to have to go early. Woj, uh, Adrian Wojnarowski from ESPN, is going to be doing a live recording of his podcast there. We don't know with who, but Ty and I will be there. 
Maybe talking to Woj. We'll see what happens with that. Keep your eyes peeled. We might just corner him and kind of force him to talk to us, but he, we might talk to him. So Exactly. Yeah. So keep your eyes peeled for uh, Friday morning, like when I normally tweet it out. It would be at 7 in the morning. If I get Woj, you'll see it there uh, in the morning on Twitter at uh, 5 Out Pod. Same thing on Instagram, 5 Out Pod. And, uh, yeah, if you guys are there, make sure you say hi to Ty and I. We I don't know if we're getting – we were told that – they we're good to go in. I don't know if that means we get credentials or what. We're from the infamous Five Out Pod. Our name's yes. on a list. Yes, something like that. And hopefully uh, Matt will not be there with us, though, unfortunately. Matt is over with, um, is it Andover or is it North Andover? I forget which high school he coached. He's high school coaching at. But he's doing through the tryouts and everything like that. And we know that some of our listeners, high school players, probably some of you got kids that are high school players, whatever. Hope everything's going well for you guys this week. Good luck with the tryouts. I remember, I mean, there was a... The most memorable tryout process for me was that open court before the season started. I rolled my ankle. Oh no! I get. I mean, and I was at a small. Matt and I were at a small school, so like I didn't have to worry too much about you know making the team and everything. I was a junior. I was a guy who kind of contributed as a sophomore, so it was fine. But then I rolled it again. Like as soon as I got back from practice, that junior year was absolutely miserable. Most that is my most memorable high school tryout process. I was rolling my ankle twice. Do you got one? Um, memorable. The result of my sophomore year when I got cut from the varsity basketball team. Really? At, well, JV. It was a JV tryout. I got cut, and I don't really remember the, the the tryout at all, but I remember like walking down the locker room hallway and like seeing the roster, and I'm like, the closer I get, I don't see my name. And I'm like, oh, okay. And I get up there, and it, it was obviously heartbreaking and stuff. Because like, as, a, as a kid in high school, your entire like persona is, a, is about yeah. being in sports. And so if you get cut from a basketball team, you're like almost like, okay, well, who am I now? You know, it's, yeah. it, it, it was a weird time for me, but I don't really remember the tryout. It's more the results. So you got cut from the varsity team and you made JV? No, no, I got cut from the JV team. Oh. Uh, as a, I made it freshman year, sophomore year, you try out for JV. And I didn't make it. And then junior year, I was kind of like a JV varsity hybrid, started JV and like oh, would just dress for, for varsity games. And yeah, then two senior way. year, Half I ended up playing and, and being like the captain for for a two and nineteen varsity team, so but you still grew. You still, still made grew, it. Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you when you guys left. Mitch left you behind. That's what, that's what it was. Yeah, we went two and nineteen because Mitch left. But it, I was a weird like sophomore, like dangly five ten, and I grew like three inches in the next summer. So I ended up becoming like six two. So. Okay. Well, for any of the kids that go through what time I go through, if you get cut or whatever, and you still listen to the show, don't give up. Yeah, don't give up. And also, the most important thing that I ever learned in all my athletic endeavors is. If you if you're good or bad at a sport, that has nothing to do with your self worth. Seriously, I know this is corny or whatever, but it really does not mean anything right. in, the, in the grand scheme of things like that. Like, it's not to get Kyrie on people, but if you have friends and they only like you because you you're good at basketball, then they're not really your friends. Okay, otherwise Matt would have dumped me years ago because I wasn't as good as him at basketball. Okay, that just it doesn't it doesn't matter. Okay, if you're a good person, people are going to care about you and all that stuff. So just don't. I understand it's frustrating. I understand you can be upset. That's good. You should care. But at the end of it, do not let it get to you. Do not let it affect everything and else. Don't let your parents tell you, oh, it's all political. They have the roster picked out before the season. Yeah. I hear that everywhere. I, I've, I've lived in the South. I lived in the Midwest. I've lived up here. Everybody thinks it's political for the reason your kid gets cut. Well, and we got a, we got a guy who's you know on, who's normally on our show who not only coaches high school but he also coaches middle school and is also an AD at that oh. middle school. So Matt, I'm sure hears about. I know Matt hears about things. Parents emails. Why aren't you playing my kid? Yeah. You know. So I mean, it's like no disrespect, but like yeah. if if you have that happening, the the best thing that for me was I remember one of, hearing one of my teammates 
I'll do, I'll do a shout out like Matt does. One of my teammates in high school, Jordan Cavallo, he went and asked the coach, but this is before I was there, what could he do to help the team more? Instead of asking, what do I do to get more time or having your parents go and complain, he went and asked that. And you know what? I carried that into my high school basketball, into my college baseball. And you know what? When you go and act like that, coaches want to give you opportunities because you're asking the right way. You're being respectful. You're saying, like, I want to be able to help and I understand I need to do more. What is it? And you're not going and being, you know, stomping your feet. Use it as an opportunity to get better. And honestly, that will help carry you in all your stuff in life. If you, Instead of, like, looking at it, like, you know, Ty, Ty was in Jacksonville before he got here, and now he's getting in fights with people on Jacksonville radio. Yes. I was working at, I was, you know, I had, like, what was it, five jobs that I was stringing together before I was here, like writing, radio, and yeah. all that stuff. But guess what? I always looked at opportunities where if I screwed up, how can I get better, and so on. And I learned that from sports. So... That's our segment for uh, that's our Mr. Rogers segment of the week. There, We're trying to combat Chris Gaspar and all his life brings you, know, you adversity. Wokeness. Fight through it. Mm, exactly. We will. You got anything else before we get no, going? I'm good. We will talk to you guys again, hopefully on Friday, but definitely next week. What it do, baby? Yeah, you already know. I'm just trying to be alright with it. Yeah, I'm just trying to be alright with it. Yeah, I'm just trying to see the light in it. I think we should take a ride with it. Yeah. I'm just trying to spend the night with it. I just wanna be alright with it. I'm just trying to see the light in it. I think we should take a ride with it. Hey, I got no resolutions, I'm just hoping for some. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.